the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem. My wife is out in the barn, probably looking over all of her treasures that she gets from garage sales. But nevertheless, I'm here by myself, and I can handle it. Real quick, let me tell you about a really good shop, and that's Tom Blackwell, Blackwell Automotive, 40th and Greenway. We've been friends for 20 years. We are cut from the same cloth. Both of us know right from wrong. Both of us aren't shy about raising our hand and yelling foul. And both of us have no problem of using the old day 1950s, 1960s, 1970s human resources ideas to take a technician into our office and chew the back pockets out of his Levi's. <laughs> and and I, I think that's what happened, but I'm not really sure. Nevertheless, Tom Blackwell's a good guy, and those of you in Northeast Scottsdale, the only shop I've got in your area is at 40th and Greenway, and that's Tom Blackwell Auto. Okay, let's go to the phone. Oh, real quick. At the end of at the end of the hour last last my wife is going crazy. She's t- touching me on the arm. She's she's pointing to the sun. She's looking over here, looking over there, and she's thinking I'm gonna miss my out. My out at the end of the hour is fifty eight fifty. 58 minutes, 50 seconds. Now, we're in a radio studio that's surrounded by clocks. Gil and I synchronize clocks, but the clock for me is time.gov, and it's on the screen in front of me. But there's other clocks, and this one's 31 seconds different, and she's looking at the clock that's 31 seconds different and yelling at me to take a break, but I'm looking at a different clock. So that's the reason why she's not here. She's been fired. Nevertheless, Jim, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, Good morning, Mark. Uh, Hey, uh... I, it's really uh, sort of a fortuitous uh, uh, call that uh, I'm making right now because I normally I'm I'm well up in years as is my car and uh, I really don't have much need and but I do listen to your call your show from time to time and I, I even though I have no real need normally uh, it's very entertaining I really respect you and the service that you offer and uh, in the manner you offer it uh, with a bit of humor and. Uh, High integrity and and good information. So my compliments to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Look, I'm uh, I'm up in years now. My car is an O2 Chevy Cavalier, Uh, not what you'd call a dream lover's car, but it serves me well. I only drive about three thousand miles a year, so uh, uh, it it serves me fine. Um, But tires are an issue. The 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 tires I've got on the car are ten years plus or minus. And uh, and and it just so happens that this morning when I turned on the radio, it was on your station, and uh, you're talking about tires. So I missed the very first part of what you were saying. But but anyway, uh, I've got to drive this weekend, uh, maybe a hundred miles on the freeways, 
and I do have 10-year tires. And, uh, in fact, last time I had them aired up, uh, the person told me that a couple of them looked like they were getting uh, getting a little bit, uh, well, I forget what she said, but they, they were a little bit check. rough on the outside. Okay. Uh, my question is this, since I have to use them this weekend and to take a chance on not dying, um, what pressure, uh, if, if, you are, if you're running marginal tires, and, and I will get tires this coming week, especially okay. now that I've listened to your show, but um, what would you run them uh, at the, the normal pressure, or would it be more safe to run them since I'll be on highway speeds or freeway speeds? Um, with old tires like that, where 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 would be the best pressure? Lower than uh, required, or or at top? No, there's there's you're talking about three different pressures, and I'll just clarify them: lower than the the sticker on the door, mm-hmm. at the sticker on the door, or at the tire's maximum inflation written on the side of the tire. Okay. Okay. There's you're talking about three different inflation. Never to answer your question, we never run below this door sticker. Never. So if it says 32, you, you, you'd be a fool to run 28. Okay. So if I were you and I was going with you, first of all, I'd take my rosary along. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to be in trouble. And are you talking about a 100 miles round trip? Or Yeah, or, yeah. I just got, I, you know, I'm in central Phoenix. So I got to run over to Mesa and, and uh, okay. you know, so on and so forth. No problem. I think, first of all, you're going to be at City Street, a city and maybe some highway. Number two, we're not experiencing the cold or the hot weather. We would in June or July or August. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to take all your girlfriends, so you're not going to have the car fully loaded. And so I think you just maintain speed. I think you're okay. Now, if you're, if you're, where do you live exactly? I'm Give me major cross streets. Um, Central Avenue and Glendale Avenue. Okay. If you were... Um, if you were somebody, I don't know how to put this. I don't want to hurt his feelings. If you were somebody I love, <laughs> I would send he you. Yes, he's a listener. He's, yes. Okay. okay. All right. I would send you to Discount Tire. Um, All right. They're not going to let you leave with ten-year-old plus tires. Is it possible these are as old as the car from O2? No, I, I no, I don't. I don't think so. In fact, okay. I had I, I had the, the ages looked at uh, some time ago, two three years ago, and I remember then that they were coming up on 10 years the, the, okay. all four of them are different of course they they all weren't manufactured the same month but right. they're all roughly right. around 10 years okay um, and they, they do have know, reasonable tread left so that's why i really haven't paid that much attention to it okay that's that's not that's not a good thing that's not a good um, thing the right. tire yeah i work for insurance companies and lawyers and i've seen lots of tires that are north of 10 years old that have beautiful tread on them mm-hmm. so it's a matter of the the, the com- compounds of the tires are going to break down, and they're going to break down because of two reasons, three reasons, load, speed, and and temperature. So you're not going to load it going to Mesa. I'm not worried about the temperature, and I'm not I'm not ter- worried about your speed. So I, I, I want you to know I don't have a crystal ball, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this much. If you invited me to go with you, I'd go with you. Okay, so I'm, well, I'm that, not that, real worried about that. That says a lot. Thanks. Uh, now, the other question I have, is since uh, you know I'm 80 years old and 3,000 3, miles a year, that's 30,000 miles before I'm gone. And so, uh, when if I'm if I'm quality conscious and safety conscious, you know those 3,000 miles a year, if they're highway or freeway speeds, I want the maximum safety. So what I'm asking is, when you buy a, a, a quality tire, is the quality tire always tied to the the uh, tread? Um, mileage uh, on that tire or can you buy a very very high quality tire with less than 
the maximum tread that's available these days. Am I making sense? Yep, traction, temperature, and uh, trap it. Hold on just a minute. I'm trying to think. Traction, temperature, and something else. Okay, on the side of the tire, it's going to have two letters and I think a number. I don't know. I mean, I just lost my sight of it right now. Yeah. On the side of the tire, it's going to say traction, temperature. I'll go look. Okay, go look. And 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 obviously, if you look at the side of the tire, A, it's going to have A, B, or C. So traction is going to be A, B, or C. And typically, the highway tires are going to be A, and then we're going to go down, and traction is going to be traction. So you don't need a traction tire. Um, temperature, its ability to withstand high or low temperatures. And then there's another number there that's a numerical number. I just can't think of what it is, but she's going to go out and look. Um, I think it's an expected life of the mileage of the of the tire. I think you should look at that. Look at the tires they have to offer and tell them, I want the best number and letter on the side of the tire. Now, do I think you need the best number and letter? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't think you need that. But if you want some measurement on the sidewall of the tire is traction, temperature, and something else. She'll be back in a minute. So the other point is... If you want a tire, um, I'm not doing advertisements for tires, but I can tell you this much. I've been working on cars for 40-plus years. The tire we sell is Toyo's. It's made in Atlanta, Georgia, and it, they make 55,000 tires a day. So I, it's, a, it's American workers, blah, blah, blah. The f- real issue with me is is that it's better than some of the high-dollar, fancy-named ones. And the most important part is, is you say, Mark... What do you have on your wife's car? Toyos. Your car? Toyos. Son's car? Daughter's car? Shop cars? Shop trucks? Toyo, 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 Toyo. So that's what we use and that's what we sell. And other places sell them. So I would get something like that because in reality, if you save 100 bucks and you expose yourself to risk, I'm quite sure you and I agree that that's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. and I, as far as three thousand miles a year, hopefully you're cha- changing your oil once a year, and it's mm-hmm. in April or May, beginning of the summer, and we're done. Let me okay. ask you one of the. Do you have time? Or you have people yes. backed up? No, go ahead. Um, on this car, uh, it's eighty-six thousand miles on the car now, and um, uh, it runs really good. Um, Number first question: Does this have a timing gear or timing chain? Do you know off the top of your head? What motor is it? Uh, it's a two. I think a two point two. Two two point five, maybe two point two. No, two point two. Okay, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have a belt. I could be wrong, but I'll tell you how you'd know. I want you to get the VIN number and write it down in front of you. Are you mm-hmm. pretty proficient on the internet? Uh, yeah, it can be. Okay, okay. I want you to go to Rock Auto. Rock. Our, Yep, R-O-C-K, auto. Okay. And I want you to plug in your 1902 or 19, 2002, hold on, 2002, <laughs> yeah. Cavalier, 2.2, blah, 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 and then go under timing gear, timing chain. It'll tell you right then. And okay. if it's a chain, yeah. you don't worry about it. That's super helpful. All right. Yeah. And if Step it's forward. a belt, I'd probably put one on just for time. You're, you're kind of over. Okay, so, so if it's a belt, if it's a chain, then I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Now, she's she's given me the information, my right-hand, left-hand lady. Mm-hmm. Um, tread wear is first, A, B, and C. Traction is next. And then the temperature is the third. 
So you're going to be looking at that temperature, and you're going to want the best in the temperature. You're not going to care about tread wear. You're not going to care about traction. Care about traction. The temperature is going to be the big dog you want. Okay. Okay. So in the and all three of them are A, Bs, and Cs, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Did you so. see A, B, and C? Hold on. <laughs> I didn't look for that. Okay. I mean, I did see something after it, but I didn't pay attention. Well, that, it was A, B, C. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll go, I go to a good shop. Uh, they 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 should know some of this stuff. I yes. All righty, well, listen, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your calls. Thank you very much for your compliments. That's very nice. Um, I've got Marty and Lee. And, Marty, I'm going to get your question, but I'm going to have to take a break. So let's do that, Marty. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so I, I have a, a 2008 Subaru Forester with 220,000 miles. And it started running rough. At first, I didn't get any codes, and then I started getting, like, an intermittent cylinder one misfire. Okay. So I, I swapped the... Uh, it's a coil unplug, so I swapped the coil and the plug, and it stayed at cylinder one. And so I did a compression test. Compression test was good, but it smelled like fuel. So it's such a pain to get to the injectors, since I didn't want to swap it and then have to go back in if one was bad. So I just ordered four refurbished ones. I put them in last night, started it, still was running rough with cylinder one. And then I came out this morning and decided to take it for a drive, and it was running worse than it ever had wouldn't go over 40 miles an hour and then all of a sudden it was just like the cylinder kicked in and now it's running smooth and everything is good so i don't know if it was just a bunch of junk in the cylinder that finally cleared cleared out and the fuel injector fixed it or if I, if I can expect it to come back or what's going on yeah i think uh, let me just comment real quick i think i would have done the coil first then i would have done the rubber boot second and then i would have done the spark plug third if you want to do it that way, it's it's not a good idea to do all three at once because you don't know. No, no, I didn't. I did. I did the coil first. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah I and, did it in stages. Yeah. All right, and you don't have an oxygen sensor code, which means if that cylinder was being flooded with fuel, then that would create an oxygen sensor code because all of a sudden the oxygen sensor would see little oxygen and a hell of a lot of fuel. So mm-hmm. that's you're missing that code. We don't fix cars based on code. You could have a valve spring broken. You could have a valve that's not opening and closing. The real question is, and I'm going to ask you this question and get and get you on the other side of the break, is when does it do it and when is it better? There's going to be a line there, I hope. Or the answer is, is Mark, it's intermittent and I can't tell you, or it's always bad, or sometimes it's good. So those are your options, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. 
When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a million questions flood your mind. How can this be happening? Am I going to be able to work? What's a subtype? What do I do now? We know. We went through it too. But once you start to understand your options, you can partner with your doctor and find ways to face MBC on your own terms. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com and learn how to speak up and have a more informed conversation with your doctor. Some questions have answers. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com to find some of yours. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. You have questions. Let us be the answer. 960 The Patriot. Well, welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and I'm going to get back to... Um, hold on just a minute. I got his name right here, Marty. Stay right there, Marty. Folks, on my list of best car repair shops on my website, MarkSalem.com, there's a promise to you. This promise applies to all the shops, but I want to talk about Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. They're on I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. I've known Nate for years and years and years, and if you've got a diesel and you've got a problem, you've got to take it to Nate. But... Nate's included in this, and I've never paid a dime for Nate. It says in there that if you have a complaint about one of my shops and you take the appropriate path, which is a dispute resolution path, and you go through something like that, and then the shop is set, is told to either make a repair or give you a refund, and the shop doesn't, I will up to $5,000. Now, I'm going to kick the shop off the list, and they'll never be back there again. But since 1988, I've never had to refund anybody's money now there's been complaints and they go through the better business bureau or some other dispute resolution process but the shop has either been exonerated or the shop has been ordered to pay something or fix something and they have so that's how good the list is but strictly diesel is certainly one of the the best guys on my list let's go back to marty marty on your miss on your subaru i think what you're missing is is that at the very beginning, if it's missing, we would have stuck a probe in the tailpipe, and the, the CO and the HC and the NOx and the oxygen would have told us if we had a spark or fuel problem, because right now, you don't know. So that engine miss can be three things, spark, fuel, or compression, or we got a, va- a valve dancing around in the seat. If we had a valve dancing around in the seat, there would probably be a backfire that you may or may not pick up. But And then on your compression test, let me ask you this, Marty. A proper compression test is when the engine's cold. You hold your foot down on the throttle all the way. You disable the ignition system, and you crank for the same amount of time on each cylinder. Boom, we're done. Boom, we're done. So the compression test has to be equal in order for you to get the right numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I so, did that. They were all 
they were all the same 140, so that made me okay. feel good because I was worried I dropped. I, I know, but, but that no, doesn't mean they, been, they, that doesn't mean we're all okay because you're doing it at 200 RPM and the car runs between you know 700 and 3,000. So it gives you a good look. But I can't tell you what you're. What I hear you saying is, is I've ta- I got good compression, I have good spark, and I have a good injector. Yet I've still got a miss. Now the only other I know, thing that's I, what I mean. It, the miss cleared up this morning, even though it still had it last night after I drove it. So that's why I was wondering if it just cleared a bunch of junk out of the zone because now it's running smooth the first time it has in in two months. And, okay. The answer was, is, is I don't know the up. answer to your question because I don't know if it's going to do that tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So I can tell you this much. If you have um, 10 days, 14 days of no problems, then the answer is yes, you're done. Why? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is the end result says that you're done. If then if it comes back, you have a tough decision to make. You're going to hire somebody to tell you what's the matter with it, or I, I don't know where else you can guess. Now there is an EGR on that, and I'd probably pull the line on the EGR, and I'd probably put a golf tee in the rubber line, not in the nipple of the EGR, but in the line. I want to take the EGR out of the issue. So take the EGR out if it comes back to missing, and then see what happens. The EGR will typically affect more than one cylinder, the EGR exhaust gas recirculation valve. So we're going to open it up above idle, and we're going to take some of the exhaust and mix it with the air and the fuel that's being delivered to the engine. Sometimes the EGR will be open at idle, but it won't just kill one cylinder. It'll cause a a variety of symptoms. So I don't know, but good luck, and I'm impressed that you were able to pull all those replacements off and and still not created a bigger mess than you had before. Lee, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, Mark, how you doing? I got one of those uh, 2018 expeditions. It's got the auto stop when you stop at a stoplight, and uh, it's not working. I took it down the on the dash, it's telling me engine on due to vehicle charging. Okay. So I went down and had my battery tested. It's an 800 cold crank, and it tested at 769 cold crank. And I didn't think, think that was that far off. My wife took it into the dealer, and he said, you just have to turn everything off for that to work. I don't agree with that. It should work because it works with the air conditioner on in the summertime, and it just shuts off. Uh, what's your best guess on that? You know, I, I don't I don't have a guess. Um, that's that's something that um, I don't think I've ever worked on. Mm-mm. I don't think we've ever had. Um, and folks, by the way, what he's talking about is is when you come up to a stop, the engine dies. And so when you hit the brake and it comes to a stop, it, the engine dies. The minute you hit the throttle, then the engine is started up, and it starts up rather rapidly, mm-hmm. and then you just drive away. And it's supposed to be an emissions issue. We're going to make it throw less emissions, and people are worried about the starter preliminary going bad because we use it at every traffic light. That's not been borne out. We've not seen that at all. In your particular case, there's a signal that's missing. Something's telling the computer that the vehicle's still moving. Something's telling the computer that maybe your brake lights aren't working. Maybe the brake light fuse is popped. Maybe you don't have any brake lights, and the computer monitors the brake lights and the speed, and it says, okay, when I see brake lights, then when I see zero, I'm going to shut the engine off. I'm just hypothesizing right now. So if you see that kind of software, then obviously if the brake lights are out and he, and it sees you slow down, it goes, well, he doesn't want to slow down. He's not at a traffic light. He's not hitting the brakes. So right. the, it, it, what, here's the deal. The code is one thing. 
but the what we call serial stream data behind it is another. We see the code, okay, fine, but we're going to look behind it. You don't, the AutoZone kid and the O'Reilly's kid and all those CarQuest kids, all they can do is pull codes, and then they give you a piece of paper. I went the other day, I went there just for fun. Mm -hmm. And and so it's just, the code tells you that it's in Ohio, and then you have to go in and find the city, the street, and the house number. And so the code, I, I don't fix cars based on codes. It's just, it's an idea to, to, that's the general idea. But I've got an engine misfire and I've got a valve dancing. I've got an engine misfire and I've got an O2 sensor bad. I've got lots of things. So what part of town do you live in? Uh, Scottsdale. This, uh, let me say one more thing. The service writer at the Ford dealer said there's a secondary battery and they never go bad. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't, I don't know that. We're, um, the uh, problem is, is that, you know, you want to go to the cigarette lighter, plug in a volt ohmmeter, and we're looking for 13.4 to 14.6, somewhere around there. So as long as your battery okay. voltage is always up, and when it starts at the beginning, when you're stopped and the car has to start up, the voltage should never drop below 9.6. So, I right. mean, you can you can plug in the cigarette lighter and look at all the voltage. I don't know if the secondary battery is bad, but I don't know. Um, it's got, you was in Scottsdale? Are you uh -huh. in Scottsdale? Um, yeah. I would, I'd call Bell Automotive on McDowell and talk to Craig, and I would just ask Craig. him if he wanted okay. to look at this. He's a really good diagnostician, and he's on my list of car repair shops. So he's in okay. Scottsdale. If you're going to go north, then Blackwell at 40th and Greenway. Those would be the two dogs that I'd send you well, to. Yeah, we're closer to the 40th and Greenway. We left okay. off 52nd and Greenway. So. Okay, just tell, just tell Blackwell that you know that he can't fix it, but Salem thought he'd send you a bone and see if you could take care of it. If you tell him that Salem says he can't fix it, he's going to ride his white horse and flog that dog until he <laughs> fixes it, until he identifies it, and then he's going to call me up and go, nah, 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 and I'm going to hang up on him. That's what's going to happen. Now, well, I, I tell you that, Lee, and I want to clear this up. It's stupid for me to have to say this, but I, I insist. I don't make a dime off your transition or your transaction. Not a dime. Everybody knows I'm not in it for that. I'm I, he's not going to send me a percent of your bill or a $10 bill or send me a, a, a happy birthday dancer. That ain't happening. So I just wanted to let you know. Anyway, thanks, Lee. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Rain Tree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Rain Tree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Rain Tree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. After decades of fomenting terror, Iranian General Qassan Soleimani's time finally ran out. President Trump. Those days are over. 
Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Sundays at 7 p.m. on KKNT 960 The Patriot. A promise was made. A promise that hit the beaches of Normandy. A covenant that split the skies over Berlin. A vow that captured Iwo Jima. A promise was made. A solemn oath that liberated Seoul. A sacred trust that defended Khaesan. A pact that dug in in Da Nang. A contract that weathered Tet. A promise was made. A pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq. A bond that patrolled door to door in Fallujah. An IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans. A promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the promise, visit DAV.org. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance, too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. All about that Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. My wife, Renee, is sitting here. We've been in the car repair business since 1979. And we've been around the block a couple of times. I'm an ASE master. I have been for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. And so I kind of know what I'm talking about. We've Our shops have fixed thousands, hundreds of thousands of cars. And we have really good technicians and uh, all of them are ASC certified. But this show isn't about my shop. It's about you and your questions. Let me tell you real quick about another shop, Action Autos at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since the 8081. He opened up his shop in 1983. He's a good guy. He knows right from wrong. He's exactly the kind of guy that you'd want living next to you because he can fix your lawnmower. He can fix your diesel. He can fix anything in between. But he has a really great staff that supports him. And they've got ASE master technicians there as well. So I-17 in Deer Valley, Action Auto Repair, northwest corner. Um, My wife went out and got the information. Folks, you have to understand, my hard drive is full. So if I forget something, 
I, I, my RAM is full too, and so my wife will defrag my uh, computer every once in a while. But there are three things on your tire, on the side of your tire. There's the tread wear. In her case, it's 500. The higher the number, the longer the tire will last. But don't go crazy, okay? It's not necessary to go crazy. If my wife has 500, that's about all you need. That's assuming you love your wife. Traction, it's an A, B, C, or number, so traction on her cars is an A. And then temperature, the resistance for temperature is an A as well. So her tires are listed as 500 AA. Those are good numbers. 500, if you have 100, ah, it's probably not a tire I'd buy. So my wife's car, 500 AA. Now, her, if you look at the DOT number, the last digit, the four digits, tell you when the tire was made. Hers are 1917. 1917. The 19th week of 2017. The 19th week of 2017. That's how you look at all the information on your tires. If you don't see the DOT brand on the outside of the tire, then it's on the inside of the tire. Let's go back to the phones real quick. Bill, you're up first. How can I help you? Um, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned your wife had a Ford Edge, and I bought a used one 17 a couple of months ago. It doesn't seem to be shifting real smoothly, and I don't know if it should be or not. Um, so I was, since she had one, I thought I would call in and see what... Uh, what you can well, tell me. Let me ask you what you came from. What's the vehicle you used to drive before you bought the Edge? A uh, 2007 Hyundai Azera. Okay. I'm trying to look to see if there's a sh- different shift, shift pattern. Some of some of the cars have a soft shift pattern and some of them bark. So the, the, yeah. the soft ones are... Ying, ying, and the yeah. hard ones... Ying, boom, ying, so it's quick. Yeah. I don't know the yeah. answer. How many miles are on it? 31. Go, oh, yeah. Um, what part of town do you live in? I'm a 25-year customer of uh, Mr. Blackwell. Oh. And I'm, um, wa- I- and I'm slightly warped. <laughs> well, then join the crowd with the Three Musketeers <laughs> right here. Um, go have Tom drive it. And Christy, gonna... runs, the sh- Christy yeah. runs the shop. Tom doesn't. I know, I know, but you're going to ask for Tom, or you're going to call and say, hey, can I make an appointment to ha- take a ride with you? Now, I want to tell you something. Tom and his wife have a medical issue with his wife that has just recently come up, and so they've been spending some time at the hospital. And and she is she's not in the hospital; they're just doing some tests. So he okay. he may not be around there. You can call Christy and you say, "Hey, Christy, this is so and so. I'm a customer of yours. I've got this new Edge, and can you send your most senior guy with me? And I just want him to drive. I want to drive it first, and I want him to drive it. And I promise I won't have him for more than okay. 20 minutes, and see what happens." Okay. Okay. Well, since your wife had one, I didn't know if it, she had any similar issues. You know what? Um, she's not here right now. If you drive with your foot on the floor all the time, I'm pretty sure that no. thing will quick shift on you. Um, she only knows how to drive that way. So okay. she's um, she's she's throughout. Now, another thing you can do is manually shift it and make sure it it finds a, a good detent in each gear. Make sure that, and you can just manual pull the lever down, and then you've got that knob, that little pivot switch on the on the driver's side of the shift handle. So when you pull it down right. past drive, then you look up on your dash on the left side, and as you push the button, it'll go first, second, third. So you just you drive it, and then click the top button, and yeah, just it's see. Got the, it's got the paddles. Yes. Okay. That's what you should yeah. do. Okay, doke. Okay. Oh, okay. now here she comes. Right. Have you had any tr- shifting problems with your um, 
with your edge. No. Okay, so it it shifts good. Yes. Uh, on light or 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 fast throttle. Yes. Okay, and when you manually shift it, it shifts okay. Yeah, I rarely manually shift it. You shift it more than I do, but yeah, because okay. contrary to what he says, he does drive my F car. Yeah, but I <laughs> always once in a while. I wear a mask when I do it, though. I have a Yogi Bear mask on it. How many miles has your F car got on it? Um, ninety nine. I want to okay, say he's only at thirty. So he's a Blackwell customer. I've sent him over there and just said, "Hey, have him take okay, a ride." Yeah, thank- no, mine's been good. Okay, thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. And let's see. I'm going to take Glenn anyway. Glenn, how are you today? I'm doing well. <clears throat> well, thank you. Um, I have a question concerning uh, deep cell um, RV batteries. Okay. Can you describe to me what value the amp hour, what information that's giving me? Well, I think, yes, I can. Um, The difference between a car battery and an RV battery, uh, what we call house batteries for the the box, is, is, is easy to know. The engine battery has to provide a lot of power to crank the engine over. The RV batteries don't have to crank over anything. The draw on them might be at the very most 10. 10 amps. So the amp hour says this is what we think this will give you if it's not on the charger. This is some derivative of how long this battery will last before it drops below a certain voltage. And I want to tell you, I don't know the answers to any of those at all. I just don't. Um, And I've been in RVN since 1978, and we own an RV right now. So I'm not real worried about it. You only got two batteries that you can put in there. There's Trojans and some other golf cart battery that you can use. But when I put golf cart batteries in our shop golf cart, and when I put them in my RV, I'm looking for price. That's all I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, this that battery, yeah, this battery's not going in a vehicle. It's charged, It's uh, running an inverter at this guy's house that doesn't have any electricity, and he wants to you know, buy a new... Uh, deep cycle battery for his, just to simply run his inverter. And we're trying to figure out what, what value does the amp hour, um, what does that tell us, you know, how long the battery's going to go yeah. before requiring a, a, a charge? Yeah, it's its, it's ability, uh, it's a time number that's its ability to deliver the appropriate power over a long period of time. Let me make a real simple suggestion to you. Why don't you get a solar panel, a small solar panel, and hook it up to the battery? He has one. Okay, but he okay. needs to replace a, he needs to replace his uh, mule, if you will. Okay, all right. It's it, it, you know if he can value. If I were him, I'd look at price and amp hours numbers. That's what I'd look at, and I uh-huh. would probably focus more on price than the amp hour. Besides, I think okay. when you start getting start you looking, I think you're going to find that the amp hours are all now the golfer batteries I just replaced the other day were a big amp hour, and that was mandatory. But here's why. Here's why. This thing has a regenerative um, position on it. So when you're driving this golf cart, first of all, it'll do 32 miles an hour. But the motor is a DC motor. So the five batteries are converting to a 110, and then from there it goes to a 110 motor. And so as a result of that, we've got to create a lot of electricity, and those batteries have to be able to run a board to convert to an, actually to an AC. They're going converting from a 12-volt DC to a 120-volt AC. So, gotcha. And that's, so a, a short draw, a short low draw is an RV, and a big 300, 400-amp 
uh, and an automotive battery is cranking the engine over. Okay, Glenn, um, thank you very much for that. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. All the lines are open. You're welcome to grab one. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. World War II refused to take an oath of loyalty to Hitler because he felt higher loyalty to his God and Savior. Just Mercy highlights the tireless work of Brian Stevenson, an African-American lawyer motivated by his commitment to the church to rescue the wrongly convicted from death row. With religion under regular assault from so much of popular culture, these two superbly well-crafted films offer a refreshing, much-needed alternative. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Remember that. 118.25. 118.25. I didn't write down my my number in the break so I can edit the show, and I apologize for that. Real quick, let me tell you about a really great shop, Auto Dynamics. He's in Sun City. He's been family-owned and operated since 1982. Derek is the one that runs it. His father started it, Chuck Nyday, and Derek Nyday, he runs it. He's exactly the kind of kid you'd want a kid. I say kid. He's a father to a variety of kids. But he's young, and he's smart, and he's honest, and he has tremendous integrity. Unlike his dad, but tremendous integrity. He'll hate me for that. So if you're in Sun City, may I suggest that you try Auto Dynamics, and they're just north on the north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. And let's go up to the phones, and the phones would be Mike. Mike, what can I do for you? Hey, I have, my name is Mike. I have a uh, little question scenario situation. Um, I have a 2004 GMC Sierra, and I got 280,000 miles on it. I bought a brand new. So it's got a lot of miles on it, but I got a 8,000-pound trailer that I've been pulling around with it. Would you recommend having that engine rebuilt uh, or get a 6.0 put in it or just take it and sell it and get something different? Okay, three options. Number one, I wouldn't do anything till the motor went bad or started using or leaking oil or had 
you know, tremendous blow by. I want to tell you, every motor that my shop replaces has been damaged by the driver. They've run it long after it was overheated or they ran it low on oil. I can't tell you the last time we replaced an engine because of miles. And I want to tell you something. I gave you that information the other day. I'm talking to my wife. Yes. We had a significant amount of vehicles in our fleet that were over 300, 400, and 500,000 miles. Yeah, I was surprised, actually. How many we had. I had to do that for one of my legal cases, Mm -hmm. and I had to do an analysis. So your 280, almost 300,000 miles doesn't bother me. I think you'll start fouling plugs. I think you'll start consuming oil. I think you'll start leaking oil because blow-by and consumption of oil and all that kind of stuff goes together. With respect to changing it, um, I think you're asking for a lot of trouble. When you start moving stuff around, you can't imagine all the things we have to change. Throttle linkage, transmission linkage, exhaust manifolds, then the connection of the pipe from the exhaust manifold to the tail. You've got all these changes. You've got heater hose relocations. You've got air conditioning line that you have to make new to adapt the old comp- or the compressor you have to the old fittings that you have. There's nothing easy about that. There's lots of guys that will do that, but I'm not one of them. Now, let me tell you the other side of the coin. I got a 63. That's that Camaro or that uh, Thunderbird Eddie's working on. No, it's 50 something. 50 something. Yeah. This turquoise Thunderbird that was brought in, and he wanted to take the, the manual out of it and put an automatic. At first blush, I said no. But then we found a transmission shop that we have done business with that raised his hand and says, "Piece cake done that before." So that Thunderbird is at his shop. That's not something I want. He's got drive shaft problems. He's got cross member problems. He's got to run new cooler lines. He's got to adapt the shift, and he's got to put a console in it to put an automatic in there. It's just, I think the risk is bigger than the reward. But I'm happy to turn it over to guys that uh, raise their hands. So in your particular case, if you don't like it, then just get rid of it and find out what you want. But uh, it, replacing the motor when you have no reason, this thing could go 100, another hundred thousand miles, and um, I would be right, and you would be wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it just feels like 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 I'm, I'm lacking a lot of torque, you know, climbing up the mountains. My 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 good friends is a 2015 GMC, and we hooked it up to his, and it just pulled it right up uh, toward Sholo Pine Top, and okay. it was great. And got in my 04 with the same engine, and I got the foot in the floorboard, you know, just struggling way different. Okay, okay. Um, well, if I were looking at it, I'd look for plugged exhaust. I'd look at the timing. And those two things, I think, are what I'd look And I'd also look at the O2 sensors. I'd look at the O2 okay. sensors, the timing, and the exhaust. And if that thing idles good, and it's not puffing blue smoke, and it's not leaking, there's really no reason why it shouldn't run with the big dogs. There really is no reason. So just because it's got 280,000 miles is, is not important to me. The fact that it idles run, idles smooth, runs good, starts hot and cold, and the fuel economy hasn't changed in the last 100,000 miles, then that doesn't bother me. So there's probably a difference somewhere in the exhaust or in the timing, um, or, or it could very well be he's got port fuel injection and you've got throttle body. I don't know that I'm talking about your two vehicles, but those kinds of differences are big. Well, good luck to you, Mike. Thank you very much for the question. Raphael, you're up next. How can I help you? Good morning. Uh, I have a front-wheel drive uh, Mitsubishi, and I think I got a getting a wheel bearing noise in the front. And I'm considering doing it using one of those uh, wheel bearing removing kits. Uh-huh. I was wondering uh, what, what your thought on is on that. Well, um, I want to describe the the wheel bearing, and you have to match it. Okay. 
So when you're driving down the road, normally if it's a front wheel bearing, it's not noisy. Now, let's pretend you're on the freeway and you're taking a sweeping right turn. So the freeway's going, you know, it's going up and then it's turning right and it's a sweeping. Or maybe you're on an on-ramp or an off-ramp. So you would say to me, Mark, going straight down the road is kind of quiet. I don't really hear it. But when I do a right clover leaf, and I'm going to make a clover leaf to get off one freeway and on the other, then it's really noisy. And then my question is, is what about a left clover leaf, a left circle? And you say, no, it's not. Well, think about this. When you're making a right side on the front wheel bearing, the outer one is carrying the load. So the outer wheel bearing on the left side or the inner bearing on the right side (laughs) is what's wrong. And it's just vice versa if you're making a sweeping left-hand turn. Why don't you just do yourself a favor and take it to some shop and ask them how much they'll charge you to drive it. And if they can determine which wheel bearing is bad, the other option is is you can replace both of them. And yes, you can rent the tools to do that, or you may need a machine shop to press the bearing on and off. But don't be surprised if you put two wheel bearings in it and you still have the noise. So I would think that you'd want someone else to chime in and say, yeah, I agree with your wheel bearing diagnosis. But I also want to tell you that we service, what, 30, 40 cars a day, somewhere around mm-hmm. there? Okay, and our, we probably run into a wheel bearing once a month. So, and, and our guys... And like other guys in the industry, they can drive them right file and, and, and know exactly what it is. But I can also tell you this. Half the people that come in, approximately, half the people that come in that tell us they have a bad wheel bearing are wrong. Okay? So it's easy enough. We live right off the I-10. So we can make a sweeping left turn off the freeway, or we can make a right sweeping turn off the freeway, and that's exactly what we do. We go drive it, boom, we know what it is. Again, a right turn loads the outer on the left side and the inner on the right side. Now normally you'll just have noise from one of them. So you'll say sweeping right, I got a noise, sweeping left, I don't. So that's what I would do, Raphael. Thank you for that call. That's not that's something we don't get very often mm-hmm. is those kinds of diagnosis. But for the seasoned guy that's that's kind of an easy one. Alrighty, we got another one. What can I do for you? Hey, well first of all, Gil, can I have the name? His name is Jack. Jack, good morning. What can we do for you? Hi, Jack. Happy weekend. Well, thank you. Uh, I got a question, general question about tire pressure. Uh, I live at altitude around 7,500 feet, and nearly all my driving is high altitude. So my question is, you see the on the placard in the door, it's got a PSI rating for the tires. Um, the absolute air pressure is about 3 to 4 PSI different at altitude, so... What are your thoughts about running higher pressure or the same as on the door? Or, you know, what what do you think about that? Okay. Well, first of all, the tire manufacturer's taken all of that into consideration. So if it says 36 okay. on the door, you put 36 in it. Now, what does the door say versus what does it say the maximum inflation is on the tire? Well, normally the tires are like 38 or 40 PSI, somewhere okay. in there. You got to look at it though. It's going to be cl- it's going to be very okay. small riding close to the wheel and it's going to say maximum yeah, load and maximum inflation. Let's just talk about round numbers. Let's pretend you have 36 and 40, okay? They okay. say 36 is the door and 40 is the max. I run all my trucks at max. I run them for a variety of reasons. Number 1, I'm less likely to cut the sidewall if my wife hits a big ditch or a pothole. 
okay? <laughs> and I'm okay. also less likely to overheat them when I'm towing anything. I'm also going to get the best fuel economy because it's easier to ride a bicycle with tires that are inflated all the way as opposed to one that's half missing. And the tire runs cooler when it's fully inflated than it does when it's not. There's two trains of thought. There's some engineers out there, Charlie Dickerson, Joe Manning, that would probably disagree with me, but I don't care because I sell lots more tires than they do. And they're looking at it from the engineering point of view. But the fact of the matter is, is that the maximum inflation is fine. But they say to carry the full load of the vehicle that we've designed, you need a minimum of 36 pounds. That's the whole thing. This vehicle, dry weight is four, and loaded weight is five. So to get the loaded weight at five, you need a 36 PSI. That doesn't mean you have to be there at 36. You should be there close to it. But you also, there's a difference between a hot and a cold tire, and obviously you always check the the, uh, inflation at cold. Honestly, there isn't a horse trailer, a big trailer, my big semi, any of our shop trucks, my wife's car. We run everything at maximum inflation. Now, my wife's car, not too long ago, we noticed that the center of the tire was wearing out. And I think, Alan, dropped about four pounds on your tire. Mm -hmm. Because, but you also have... Yeah, you also she also has tires that are 12 inches wide or something like that. So, um okay. I yeah, you're right. If you see abnormal wear in the center of the tire, then you need to drop back down, but a fully inflated tire based on the numbers it's 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 like less likely to get cut up, it's less likely to be damaged four okay. wheel drive, better fuel economy, lower tire temperatures, and that's why. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck. All righty, that was Jack, and that was tire pressure. Yeah, because I noticed a lot of people called, like, right after it got cold that, oh, my tire light's on because it makes a difference. But when he's up there and he's checking his tires, it's going to be at a certain temperature, which should be within that range. Right. And, and, and it's really, if he, let's say, pretend it is 35 down at sea level and 35 at 7,000, it's already built in. Right. It's already built in. They, they, they know that if you put it there one way or another. Mm-hmm. So we all know, too, that at 35 could climb to 40. Right. Or 42 or 43 with load, heat, and and speed. Yeah. So the three things that affect a tire is altitude, but that's the least thing. Right. Okay. Speed, like yours. Mm-hmm. Speed, temperature, um, and environment. Those are the three that really affect tires. Yeah. And it didn't say anything on the tire about overinflating, but it did about underinflating right on the sidewall. Don't yes. underinflate the tires. So. And I was doing the big trailer when I went to haul those rocks not too long ago. Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, it says on the tire trailer, maximum inflation, 65 PSI. Well, that's what I put in them. Right. But it's telling you if you want the kind of load for the trailer, the trailer's a 10,000 pound trailer. There's four tires. Each tire has to have 2,500 pounds. Mm-hmm. But they're saying put it at, tw- at 20 or uh, 65. 65. Okay, Mark at MarkSalem.com. If you have a question and you're too shy to call in, Mark, with a K, at MarkSalem.com. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me. Every Saturday we're here from 10 to noon talking about cars. You can email me your question, but give me your make and model and give me a phone number that I can call you back because I'd rather ask you some questions. I'm going to call from a blocked line, so if you get a blocked line, you just pick up the phone. Don't say anything, and I'm going to say as fast as I can, this is Mark Salem, and I'm calling you about your email. And then you'll you'll know it's me right off the bat. Otherwise, a lot of people hang up on me. I just call back and leave a message. So Mark at MarkSalem.com. 
drive safely, and if somebody does something nice, stick your arm out the window and say thank you.